This is Frankly Speaking Podcast. G and we're back with another good episode. I think we have uh some good topics to talk about tonight. And uh back from the little hiatus that I was on and uh I got to say it was something that I needed to do. You know, I'm always pretty uh pretty honest and transparent with you all, you know, during these podcasts. And uh I took the time to refresh myself you know i took another little hiatus during the summer as well this has been quite the journey of uh rediscovering my emotional intelligence side of myself and you know being able to express myself in the way that i see fit in my own image rather than the image of that i thought was going to be myself if that makes sense so uh, just to catch you up on some events that happened in the last, since the last podcast, uh, celebrated a birthday in October and, uh, thank you for everyone who, you know, wished me well on that day. And I have to say, so being an October baby and being the first week of October, October 6th in particular, it notoriously rings on my birthday almost every year since i can remember whether it was a half day of rain you know spotted showers isolated thunderstorms you know or a full day of rain whatever there was precipitation coming out of the sky on my birthday for the past i don't don't know forever you know and celebrating uh 33 years gone so 33 and uh it's been quite the journey to think back on the man budding in his teen years to who's sitting in front of you right now speaking to you as the host of frankly speaking podcast you know it's 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 quite the journey and i say that because this year Granted, I didn't do much of celebration. I've never been one to celebrate like most other people, you know, they like to go on parties and trips and things like that. I've never been one to do any of that in all of my 33 years of life. And but this year, like I said, no rain and it's been unseasonably warm. It was like 75 degrees and sunny and it was the most amazing birthday I've ever had. I woke up that morning. And I just felt so good and radiant about myself. So a little, you know, sharing here. Uh, this is probably one of the first birthdays that I actually felt good about myself. You know, and 
probably that is down to the weather outside when you wake up on your birthday you want everything to be perfect you want everything to be sunny and warm and fun and fuzzy and beautiful and it's usually not that in the fall in october so it's usually kind of gray skies and rain you know it's fall time so that didn't happen this year and i'm very grateful for that so i had a pretty decent birthday even though i didn't do much i went down to the riverfront read a book uh the book i was reading was one of three books i've bought it's called the uh mexican gothic and it was it was no fiction book you know I, usually i don't use read that type of fiction but i do like fiction and i tried it out and it was pretty good you know so uh i would if anyone likes kind of like a little romantic comedy with a uh little tinge of horror then that book is probably pretty good for you if you like that type of thing uh so a couple other books that i picked up uh one being black leopard red wolf i haven't read it yet it's by marlon james it's a sci-fi book and i'm saving that for last because i think it's really going to be really going to be good uh the other book that i purchased was well the brief wonder wondrous life of oscar whale uh won a winner of a Pulitzer prize and this book is i'm currently reading it now and it, it it's very good it's hilarious to boot so uh i believe the author if, if it's pronounced if i'm pronouncing this correctly is one ideas and uh it, it's a brilliant book if any of you have read it yet i hope i pronounced that last name right on the, the title there but uh <clears throat> the other book that i picked up i haven't completely finished it uh the author is habib akande and it's called kenyaza the secret to female pleasure and uh it, it's <laughs> quite the quite the book uh for both men and women to read uh it, it just a snippet from the back of the book here it's uh kenyaza is africa's secret to female pleasure you know and i always like to pick up a book like this from time to time something that i would have never read again and uh it gives you a different perspective and that's what i like i like to read things that give me a different perspective sorry on things that i think i know about and reading this book has uh drastically gave me some insight as well to you know the workings the inner workings of how uh black women kind of feel i guess is the best for lack of better term when it comes to sexual intercourse because in the book it states that in Africa and especially in parts of like Rwanda and East Central Africa um, a man is not a man if he cannot get his woman to her waters to, to flow basically you know so uh, yeah so it's a definitely a interesting read to pick up so a few books that I'm 
currently looking at or reading trying to read at that so also i want to revisit something that i spoke to you all about uh on another podcast and that is the series lovecraft country please tell me i'm staring at the book right now you know the book is about five years old four or five years old now and the series is magnificent like i don't i mean if you're not watching lovecraft country you need to stop what you're doing you know join hbo max if you haven't or if you have hbo on your cable package or whatever the case may be find a way to watch this series it's you can watch it in its duration now you can do the free trial and watch the entire series in a duration because the series season finale uh was last this sunday that just passed so by the time you're hearing this the season finale would have already aired and i told you this series was going to be amazing and it's and it's beyond that it, it's went beyond my expectation of what a television series could do symbolize the themes that it picked up in terms of the black consciousness black everything you know the magic of being a black person in america or afro-latina in america uh it, it it really brought a lot of things that usually are, are kind of uh obfuscated to the general public or general knowledge to the forefront and to you know being able to see that in front of you was was pretty good so uh i definitely highly suggest you watch that and if you're on if you do decide to you know join hbo max or get it wherever you get it from whether you're on a streaming device or whatever uh you might as well watch uh watchmen as well another show uh that gives an alternative look at uh strong black leads and a black you know the black story in america so those are will be my suggestions on series if you're looking for something to watch so but uh tonight i think um i'm gonna talk about something that i've been thinking about in my time away and as I look around you know in my time so I I should say that in my time you know being away from the podcast and I was away from everything else as well you know I was away from social media I deleted all of the apps Instagram Twitter uh those were really the only two that I was frequent on and at that time. And uh, I just started to pay attention to myself. And because one thing that I wanted to address in that time was why I was so self-critical just of, of my own deeds and behavior in my own life. Right. And uh, what I noticed was the thought that came to me was that 
am I being self-critical because I'm being self-critical of myself because I am dissatisfied with who I am as a black man, as a man in this society, or am I being self-critical because I'm trying to fit myself into a mold of a society that is not my own, trying to judge myself and measure myself against a standard, if you can call it that, that I created or a standard that was indoctrinated into me being, you know, a member of this particular society. And what I came up with was uh, partly was my own doing, but majority of it was me trying to live up to the standard of being a man in America, which is unconducive to my particular life because I'm not seen as just a man in America. You see, I'm seen as a black man in America and I cannot, I realize that I just, I cannot hold myself and judge myself based on the straight, you know, regular standards of the American society because first of all I'm not seen as a regular man secondly I'm not a white man and thirdly these standards were not standards that me or any of my people were you know put together these standards were standards of other people's viewpoints and the way they wanted to move in their lives which is fine you know, they have every right to come up with a social standards for themselves. And uh, however, when you are not, do, do not and have not had the same opportunities and are treated completely different, you can't judge yourself based on those standards. And then I took it a step further and I realized that those standards have not only been indoctrinated into myself they also been indoctrinated into the rest of the black community and the afro-latina community as well because one thing that we do do a lot of is judge ourselves even when we're speaking to another black person or another black man or black woman we judge ourselves right in front of each other based on that same standard and what it does is it I've noticed just in my view, it causes a lot of stress and depression. And uh, it's like one of those things where, for example, in America, it's it's, you know, coming out of school, you're you know, the standard is, oh, for a man, it's. You should be you know, somewhat established or beginning to be established by about 25. So going into 30, you should be already, you know, ready to go to support a full family, right? House, car, making good money should have a good, you know, should have a good position in your career, et cetera, et cetera. We all know the standard uh, viewpoints on that, right? 
However, that will work for a white man, you know, that that won't work for a black man, though, because not only will it not work, we don't as black men, we don't value the same things as a white man does, nor do we have the same opportunities. So there lies another issue. So you have a standard that you're trying to measure yourself against, but then also you have an illusion of opportunity in front of you you know the the illusion of meritocracy that happens in this country and you know meritocracy being where you know the people with the best education and the best skill sets are the ones that kind of rise to the top and we know that's not the case we can clearly see that right now in <laughs> the political arena with both candidates like it is it is it's ridiculous you know that one of these two men are going to win and it's, you know, it's a shame that, you know, but at the same time, it makes me feel good because I know none of my people are in the shenanigans. You know, we're not up there making ourselves look like a fool. However, you know, it's one of those things where it's indirectly attached to us because, you know, a lot of us feel we have to participate in picking one of these idiots. But, you know, I digress there. Uh back to the point point being you know when you have skill sets that you know can get you a particular job however you're overlooked and you know you're being overlooked because you can tell when you're in an interview you can feel the energy you're not you're not dumb you know what's going on and when that happens, it's like, damn, man, like, what's, you know, why didn't I get it? You know, I did everything I was, you know, I felt like I had a good interview, blah, blah, blah. And you just didn't get it. And then you, you know, you try to get feedback. And this is just from my experience. Right? You try to get feedback and you, you realize, you know, if you get lucky, you might find out who got the job and you might know him, you might not. You know, and, you know, one time I applied for for a little story here. One time I applied for a job and uh, got to the third interview. And uh, this was with one of the big, uh, you know, communication firms here and uh, in the area. And got to the third interview, met with the team I would have been potentially working with met with the VP and everything's great. You know, conversations going, their conversations flowing, everyone's having a good time. I'm talking about talking myself up, talking about, you know, the process improvements I did at my current job, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, you know, I get an email that says, you know, uh, thank you for your interview time. You know, we're we're gonna go a different route. So not only did they waste my time because they knew that who they were going to pick, probably, you know, uh, the higher chance that they already knew. But then I was able to reach back out and ask for feedback. And I don't know if this that the recruiter is supposed to say this or not, but he basically was like uh, they hired for business need. I said business need. I'm like, what do you mean? And he says that. uh they felt that you would probably move on quicker than they would like. 
and that, you know, they didn't hire me because they also felt as though my hiring would upset some of the members on the team. And that's all he said, you know, and I'm like, what? Like, what does that even mean? So, you know, I did some little digging and I found out who got the job via LinkedIn. And of course, it was just, you know, some white kid, you know, white boy who's kind of younger than I was, you know, fresh out of college, you know, no real experience at all. And, you know, now he's he's making that position was going for like 80 grand a year. So not hating on him or nothing, but it's just giving the example of, you know, trying to live up to a standard that you don't fit in and the obstacles that as every that we have to go through that they don't have to go through. So eat they they have a easier route to reach their own standard because it's their standard. Right. So also in that in that time I realized that I'm not I haven't been able to uh express myself, right, in the way that I really wanted to express myself. Being because I was trying to stay as close to that clean cut standard, that sterile viewpoint of, you know, what a man I thought, you know, looking on the inside, what a man in America should look like, you know, clean cut type deal. No, you know, not too many, uh, no tattoos or visible tattoo, things like that. You know, not a lot of piercings, you know, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Very clean cut. And uh, I kind of took that to heart until recently I decided to do something. I ended up getting a nose piercing. Right. And uh, it was one of the best things, best decisions I've ever made. It looks good. And not only that, it made me feel good about myself because now I can express myself in the way that I want to express myself. This is just one step into that. This doesn't make me or break me, but it allows me to start to shed that idea that I have to live up to someone else's standard to be the black man, to be the man that I actually am. And I bring this up because I see this a lot in other black men where they're doing so much outside of themselves that they're stressing themselves out and they're burning out. And yes, we do have some successful black men out there who went through the, you know, the gauntlet. But I know, just like the rest of us know, yeah, they might have made it, but sit down with them for a little bit and see how burnt out they are. The majority of them, how stressed out they are, even though they've made it to wherever they think they were supposed to make it to, you know, and sit down with their girlfriends or wives and ask them, you know, is their relationship better off because he made it or not? And I personally, I think you will find a surprising answer there that no, he's not a better man because he went through that, you know, but that's just, you know, uh, conjecture just in me looking around and, you know, ask just a few questions to different people, you know, but, you know, not at, No point is that a uh, generalization at all to kind of 
blanket that against all of the rest of the black men's experience because they're all of our experiences are different, but we do experience some of the same things. And uh, the same with, you know, black women as well, you know, and, and to some extent, it might be a little double folded for the black woman, unfortunately, because she has to deal with the beauty standard, right? As does a black man, you know, you have to live up to that, you know, European standard. Uh, but, you know, because a lot of the European men are particularly, you know, they're usually going to be a little taller. And uh, the black men, they're all sizes, all heights, all sizes. So, you know, there's a little bit more, you know, diversity and uh the black man than there is, you know, the white count and, you know, the white man and the counterpart. But, uh, with that said, as far as, you know, the black woman goes and, uh, you know, she has to deal with this beauty standard thing, which is ridiculous. You know, it, she has to, she feels like, you know, she, she doesn't look good if her hair is not straight. Oh, you know, you heard the, age old thing you know I gotta get a straight hair blah 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 and uh it has to stop and I'm starting to see now and then so not only does she have the European beauty standard to live up to or try to suppress I mean to uh surpass sorry but she also has the same issue that the black man comes across every day and that is still living up to a standard of a the white woman in terms of how she moves, how quiet she needs to be, how loud she needs to be, you know, how powerful she can, you know, let herself be seen in terms of, you know, if she's being intimidating or that nonsense there, you know, and, and so it is, it is double folded, you know, and these standards that we are trying to throw ourselves against, uh, we're bigger than that. You know, we're bigger than that. We are beyond that. We're more beautiful. We're, we're smarter. We're stronger than those standards that we trying to live. So what I'm saying is we need to reinvent the standard in which we see ourselves. We need to create the standard in which fits our image. You know, and it's just one of those things where how do we have that conversation? How do we have the conversation to start with rebuilding the paradigm of what it means to be a black man and a black woman in 2020 and moving forward in America? Right. Like, How do we start that process? Because that is going to be super important and you know and I just want to also say for a little side note uh when I speak to uh the black man and black woman I also mean the Afro-Latinas as well and Afro-Latinos as well because they're also black so when I say black for those of you who understand what that means I'm speaking to you as well you know, so uh, 
I don't want to have to keep making a distinction between the two. So going forward, that's what I mean. And uh, it, it, it's just it's a thing that needs to be talked about, especially to the babies, to the children, to, you know, change that paradigm of what the standard is. And we and unfortunately, our parents and grandparents and great grandparents, if you're fortunate to have them still alive, hold on to that old, you know, standard of, you know, for example, uh, go to college so you can get a good job type thing. That's the same thing. You know what I'm saying? That's the same nonsense that, you know, has been pushed for you know almost 50, 60 years now. You know, go to college so you can get a good job. Who are you talking to? You know, because what if I don't need to go to college? What if I have an ability or a creative spark that allows me to skip that? Am I not going to be good enough because I didn't go to college? You know, saying that those type of things is what I mean. Where we need to reimagine what it means and reimagine it in the context of how we view life and how we are treated and how we want to uh, move forward in life. So with that, I say all that to say, you know, the topic of tonight is everything I just spoke about, but the topic is how assimilation is affecting us at this point. And now looking back and taking a historical look with just some of the examples that I just laid out, was assimilation the best thing for us to do? Because with assimilation, you have now swallowed all of someone else's thought process, their feelings, all of it, the way they think, the way they view a thing, the way they view the world at the expense of losing ourselves, losing our sense of duty as a man and as a woman, losing our sense of family, losing our sense of creativity, so to say, and robbing us of our emotional intelligence just as a community as a whole especially for the black man losing that emotional intelligence piece that naturally we had already you know and uh it's just it's amazing to see now understanding the words of dr king when he claimed that he's navigated his people into a burning building you know, just to kind of paraphrase, and it makes sense now, you know, and looking back on the, as they called him, the radical Malcolm X, when he was saying, we need to do our own thing, we need to set up these institutions for ourselves, we need to take back and do for self any means necessary, you know, because he saw what was happening. He saw that we were losing this battle and this whole assimilation thing, you know, and at this point and the levels of assimilation that we've had, how much damage is too much damage to come back from? 
or is it just a matter of time before we naturally remember who we are and what we are you know and for me i would like to think the latter because there's so many of us who are taking to you know social media platforms podcast platforms in my case we're just talking to friends and family about these very topics that you know they were talked about all times that you know they've been talked about from the time we you know those of us who are descendants from the people who were brought from uh the african nations to the americas these topics were always talked about but they were talked about more in uh secrecy because of the fear of the backlash that will happen you know hearing if the you know a white person will hear you talking about any of this stuff you know in those days now it's a little bit more open and this is not to uh tell you to you know go out and hate anybody for because no that's not the that's not what we do but it is a call to reevaluate how we are viewing ourselves in this society and how can we reimagine who we are and allow the true self the true people the true creativity the real emotions that we have locked away that we can't we feel that we can't share with even with each other because of the fear of being laughed at or the fear of being called a weirdo or and things like that because these people our own people are also under the same assimilation and they've also judging by the same standards that aren't their own as well you know so uh so those are some of the thoughts that i had you know in my time away and you know i don't have the answer to but i do have the answer for myself and i think that is where it has to start with the self or if it has to start within the family unit the immediate family the core family so those of you who are single it starts with you and then you can you know your family and friends will pick up on it immediately the change that you're like you know you know what i'm gonna reimagine who i am and i'm gonna start to unlearn all the nonsense that i've learned in this assimilation process that this indoctrination that i've been going through in my entire life and i'm going to uh repolish and reimagine who i am in the image that i want to be you know and then it 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 branch out from there you know it, it, so and then for those of you who do have a core family you know husband wife or you know girlfriend boyfriend or whatever y'all want to call yourselves <laughs> these days uh you know, in the home with the children and y'all living together and, you know, as a unit, as a core family, it's also going to start with you as the head of the household. However, it's going to be a little different because as you mold and, you know, undo that, uh, 
sense of the chains that's on you and you start to reimagine who you are, it's also going to rub off on your children. And that's going to be one of the more important things for you to do and make sure you do is to, as you learn these things and you open up yourself, is to also impart that knowledge onto the little ones. So they, when they going through the, their, uh, route through assimilation, through the indoctrination, through the, uh, educational system, you know, you, you, it's going to be important for the family and the parents to really be on their back about who they are and staying true to within themselves and not looking outside of themselves for answers of if this looks good or if that looks good. If it looks good to you, then it looks good because that's where your confidence is going to come from. You know, not worrying about, oh, let me hop on Instagram real quick and look at this outfit to make sure it looks, you know, my outfit looks as close to that as possible. So I know that I look good. So, you know, and that's where your confidence comes from. When you think something looks good, then go for it. You know, and that's part of, you know, reimagining yourself. It might sound like, oh, I, I do that already. It might sound like something, uh, you know, so simple and mundane, but it's very powerful. And I just, you know. I just wanted to share that particular thought process. Like, you know, again, you know, how has this whole assimilation process in the last, you know, 500 years really affected us and how deep we are affected by it? You know, just some some books to suggest uh, if you want to get on that path to uh, loosening up the roots of assimilation on yourself uh the miseducation of the negro carter g woodson is essential reading uh post-traumatic slave syndrome by dr joy joy de grew sorry is essential reading stolen legacy uh essential reading you know they came before columbus essential reading so but especially the miseducation of the negro and post-traumatic slave syndrome are two books that i think will help uh get a sense of you know what this assimilation process really is because it's a silent it's a silent thing it 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 it's not something that you're going to be able to see physically. You know, it's a, it's a silent weapon that unfortunately, you know, happens when you are being, you know, forced to digest someone else's culture and the impact it has, the impact that it has upon yourself physically, mentally, you know, and uh and spiritually. You know, that trifecta, that 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 uh, holy trinity of the self is deeply affected when you take on someone else's, you know, basically life. You know, you're not being the people that you really are. 
you know. So, in other words, you know, and this is the last thing I'm gonna I'm gonna say for tonight, uh, or for this podcast episode, is whenever you get to your ideal, you know, lifestyle, that's when you get to it. However you get to it is however you decide to get to it. The decisions you make are your own decisions. And just know that there is no right or wrong, you know, uh, time frame to get to where you're trying to go. As long as you're focused and, you know, concentrate on what exactly it is you want to manifest and create, then it doesn't matter. It can take 20 years. It can take five years. It can take a couple months. Just stay focused on it and keep that idea and that 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 vision that you want. And you'll get to it, you know, and make it make sure it's your own vision. You know, make sure it's deeply yours and not part of uh overarching you know societal view that you're trying to reach you know because that's where you're going to get your your true happiness from and 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 the quality of it is what's important not the time frame you know time is only used to measure duration it's not used to measure quality and that's what you need to measure by what's the quality of it so thank you for listening to episode six you know and uh we'll see you next week episode seven thank you for listening to frankly speaking podcast if you like what you hear please like and subscribe on itunes and or soundcloud drop a comment any topics you would like to hear discuss drop a comment in on both of those platforms you know whichever which one you use and we'll see too uh we can't make it happen on one of the future episodes or you can reach the podcast directly at frankly speaking podcast number one at gmail Thank you once again. Until next time, peace.